Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Hello, welcome back to Morgan's Pop Talk, the safe space for pop culture and reality TV lovers. What a week. There's so much going on when choosing content for today's episode. I changed my rundown every single day because I feel like it's just been flying at us from left and right. I'm so excited. Of course, we got to talk about Kyle and Amanda's wedding. There's a new host of The Bachelor, you know, a a big breakup that nobody saw coming. Uh, Did we not really see it coming? I'm sorry. I'm not going to be shady just yet. And of course, we got a deep dive today about the one and only Erica Jane. I am so excited. I have so many thoughts. I try to keep my opinions off of social media when it comes to Erica Jane because I know it can get a little dicey, but I'm not afraid to unleash here on Morgan's Pop Talk. So thank you again for coming back for episode number two. And of course, if you guys have been following along, my lovely British South African is here. My boyfriend, David, made it to the United States after 20 months of separation on Tuesday. I'm so excited. Uh, It's just been amazing. He's been here for one day. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be real. You can expect that when you listen to this podcast. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to be 100% myself because it's been smooth, except for one situation that I have not had to deal with in, you know, I don't know, two years. He's been here for one day, and I already have, like, a stomach ache because I'm trying not to you know what in front of him. Do we still do that? After you date somebody for four years, are you still afraid to like, you know, pass girls in front of them? I'm 28 years old. I've worked 28 years to get my IBS in check and I am not about to throw it out the window because my boyfriend is here. I was talking to my best friend about this and she literally told me that I have to say I need to go outside to check the mail. You guys know. So if you, I don't know if I'm the only one who's like still paranoid about this 28 years into my life, but I just thought I'd spill that on the second episode ever of Morgan's Pop Talks. All right. Well, uh, speaking of my boyfriend, I'll have him on eventually. 
you know, I want to I wanna slowly ease you guys into it. But of course, we're here for the business. Let's get into our pop three, the biggest headlines of the week. You know we got to start with Kyle and Amanda's wedding from Summer House. Well, 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 what do we have here? We did it. You guys, I fully believe that we manifested the Craig and Paige picture on the first episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. What did I say last time? I was like, you know, complaining that I was very annoyed with them about not posting a photo together on their Instagram because we all know that they're together. And what do you know? What do you know? We got a little photo booth picture on Paige DeSorbo's uh, Instagram. So. I have two questions. Did she listen to the podcast? (laughs) Because her name was in the title. Do you think that they do that? Like a a reality star, someone like on Summer House. I'm not talking about like, I don't know, Snooki. Someone on Summer House who's like a little bit more attainable. If they see their name in the the title of a podcast, are you going to listen? I would. I would at least find that portion of the podcast. So I don't know if she listened. You know what I think is probably a lot more likely? I would bet that she saw the video about the two Giggly Squad uh, podcasts that were going around. I bet you any money, Paige and Hannah both saw that video and they're like, crap. Everyone knows now, Paige, that you're with Craig because we messed it up. I don't know if they uploaded the wrong one, but... Whatever, I'm here for it. We got it. We finally saw it. It's everything that I expected to be. They look so good. Uh, other things to take away from Kyle and Amanda's wedding, they were filming. There were lots of uh, photos being shared, and I did see some film crew in the background. Uh, Austin and Lindsay were flirting via social media. Austin posted something saying that like they ate McDonald's like in the hotel afterwards. I have no idea. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch this because... There will be some some drama, I think, between Paige and Craig and Paige and Andre, I believe is his name. He is a new member of Winterhouse, which is coming out very, very soon. And at least the trailer is making it seem like Paige and Andre were hooking up in Winterhouse and that there was some drama. Obviously, we don't know uh, if the trailer is misleading us, but if that's the case, uh, there is some tension there. And you know what? What about Austin and Craig? Are they still feuding? Because they have not released a Pillows and Beer podcast in well over a month. You know, they they had said on the podcast that they, like, had a little bit of a disagreement, um, but that they were still making episodes. And I didn't see one photo of Austin and Craig together at the wedding, which I found very odd because they're supposed to be BFFs. I mean, of course, we all saw no Hannah Burner. At the wedding, no Stassi or Bo, which I thought was interesting. Uh, they Stassi said on Instagram that they didn't go because they haven't traveled with uh, their baby yet. I don't know. Could be a valid excuse, but still seems a little bit odd. And then, of course, I mean, Kyle and Amanda looked incredible. I, I will say, I hope Amanda still goes by Amanda Batula. Amanda Cook? <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening and your name is Amanda Cook. I just feel like Batula fits her more. Maybe like an Amanda, maybe a little dash accent action. Amanda Batula Cook. I don't know. We'll see. Let's move on to headline number two in our pop three, Claire and Dale. 
have split again. So I kind of saw the signs when Dale posted a photo celebrating his 33rd birthday. Claire didn't post anything, didn't like the picture. There were no pictures of them together. And it's like, you know, people say, well, maybe she just didn't post something on social media. Claire didn't post something on social media. Have you followed Claire? She posts everything on social media. So I know when that was happening that it just wasn't a good sign. So page six came out with this article saying that they're done for good this time and that it didn't end well. I have literally no idea what could have happened. Um, and, you know, for once, I'm not going to dump on, on Claire. I've done it a lot in the past, especially as her time as the Bachelorette. I felt she was a little, like, irresponsible in the sense. She was a little, um, I don't know, it seemed kind of like, immature, I guess is the word to say. But for once, I'm just going to leave it be because you know what, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being a uh, couple in the public eye, especially the biggest show in the world, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And Claire's going through a lot. You know, her mom is not doing well at all. Um, She gave it another shot with Dale. And you know, she tried. So I would rather a lead do that then a lead go on and not be interested at all in finding, you know, a marriage partner like Peter. So, you know, I hope, I hope Claire's doing okay. I, like I said, I know she's having a tough time. Her mom's health is not good. And, and Claire wants to be in love. And I feel like, you know, she does deserve it. So I'm sad for her that she's dealing with that heartbreak, you know, as soon as we know some more details on maybe why they split, we will spill the tea. But moving on to probably the biggest headline this week, a new Bachelor host has been announced and it is Jesse Palmer. Interesting. So Jesse Palmer was an NFL quarterback. He was a Bachelor himself in season five. That was all the way back in 2004. He's had a lot of hosting experience uh, for ESPN, ABC News. He hosted The Ultimate Surfer and The Proposal. You know, one thing that always just bothers me is when athletes get these hosting gigs. It's like, what the heck are the rest of us going to broadcast journalism school for if all these athletes are going to get every hosting job? I just don't understand it. And it's all about people like knowing the face, knowing the name. I get it. I'm like bitter and I know that I'm sounding bitter. But come on, man. An NFL quarterback hosting The Bachelor. It just make it make sense to me. Make it make sense. So he will be the host for season 26. It doesn't air until 2022. They just started filming. Um, Word is he's planning on locking it in. You know, doing one one season and then being like, yes, this needs to proceed forever and eternity. Here's what I think about the choice. This might be a hot take, but here we go. Jesse Palmer, is Jesse Palmer not another Chris Harrison, like to a T? Tell me what the differences are. I mean, like there's an age difference, but let's just pretend for a second that Chris Harrison and Jesse Palmer are are the same age. Where's the difference? You know, it seems like a very safe choice. And I feel like maybe they made this choice to get all the people that were very angry about Chris Harrison leaving back. Because I did put it up on my Instagram. It does seem a little bit split, but everyone's like, he's so hot. 
maybe I'll watch again, which is exactly what they wanted people to do, right? On the other hand, a lot of people wanted Wells to be the next host. Another hot take. I don't agree with that. I I don't think Wells should have been the host of The Bachelor. I think Wells is an excellent host at Bachelor in Paradise. I feel like it fits his personality so much better. He's able to um, be, you know, a little bit goofier, but still, you know, talk to people who are his peers. And I, I just like that fit better for Wells than for him to be the lead of the Bachelor franchise. I just, I just don't know that Wells would, A, want to be the host of that. It's, it's a much more serious role. And also, he's getting to do these fun dates on Bachelor in Paradise. He's getting to be the bartender. He's getting a lot of screen time. The regular host of The Bachelor doesn't get as much screen time. You know, Wells is an entertainer by trade. He was a radio host before he went on The Bachelor franchise. So I feel like Wells is good in paradise. And I mean, we'll have to see about Jesse Palmer. So uh, there you have it. That is this week's pop three, the biggest trending headlines of the week. Let's take a second. Decompress. We'll be right back. Offer deadline on Oak Street, aisle three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. C-A-D-R-E-0-1-5-2-1-9-3-0. Morgan. This is Amanda from DC. Andy announced Real Housewives of Everly Hills will have a four-part reunion. What are your thoughts on that? And tell us what you really think about Erica Jane and her involvement in Tom's embezzlement scandal. Amanda from DC, thank you for the question. You know I have to give my thoughts on Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. I mean, hello, I created the Girardi files on TikTok. Just a wild ride, and I feel like every time we see Erica on the season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, my mind goes in like 18 different ways. Uh, But in case you don't actively watch Beverly Hills, first of all, what are you doing? Because this season is absolutely insane. But just to give you an overview of what's kind of going on, you know, the majority of what's going on legally, actually all of what is going on legally, has to do with Tom. Erica has not been, uh, you know, charged with anything. She hasn't been formally accused of anything up until this point. So I want to just give you a brief overview of what is going on with Tom. So allegedly, Tom Girardi, who was one of the most prestigious lawyers in Los Angeles for decades, uh, he was all about Helping the little people, you know, to make a really, really long story short, he allegedly was stealing settlement money from said little people. And this has been the question on everyone's mind. You know, what did Erica Jane know? How involved was she? Uh, It's particularly interesting now that we're seeing it kind of play out on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're seeing Erica kind of live through this in real time on our television screen, you know, what we do know, because there's a lot of unknowns, and I don't want to be on here throwing out all these accusations, because like I said just five seconds ago, there's tons of stuff that we're not seeing. We do know that Erica has seen a lawsuit 
come her way for $25 million. There were court documents obtained by People. The quote from People say, says, Jane and Chirardi conspired to conceal funds from creditors in the bankruptcy case. In Jane's case, she's being slammed for using her notoriety and glamour to hide her part in the embezzlement, like funding her luxury lifestyle instead of returning the money. So that's really the most important thing that I want you guys to take away instead of returning the money. Because we did learn that Tom, allegedly, I have to say that a million times, y'all know lawyers be listening, allegedly was funneling money into Erica's business, EJ Global. So whether or not Erica knew what that money in particular was, I will be honest with you guys, we will never know the answer to that question especially in depth. And and it always goes two different ways for me. I feel like I barely keep up with my finances and I am not rich. You know what I mean? Like I'll spend $75 on Amazon. I will destroy a big lots. I'll just go in there and spend $110 like blackout. Have no idea what happened. So, so I can imagine when you have millions and millions and millions of dollars, there are some things that probably slip through the cracks. But at this point, to me, it does matter if Erica knew, but it doesn't matter to me if she knew because of how she's acting now. And let me kind of explain what I mean by that. From the very beginning, from November 3rd, 2020, when the news dropped that Tom and Erica, or that Erica filed for divorce from Tom after, you know, 20 plus years of marriage on election day in hopes that it would be buried in the news. That didn't happen. From the beginning, the way Erica has acted on social media is just strange. You know, the half-naked selfies, you know, still kind of painting this picture of her living this extravagant lifestyle, being, you know, kind of a jerk, not kind of, really a jerk on Twitter. You know, I've always said from the beginning that her social media usage during this period of time is kind of her way of declaring her innocence without coming out and saying, I'm innocent. To me, it reads like, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not the one being charged here. So I'm going to continue to live my life. I'm going to continue to portray myself in the same exact way as you guys have seen me be portrayed for the past however many years that she's been on Real, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I mean, rightfully so. And look, I understand there's some people that are going to make the argument that Erica makes her money on Instagram. I have very, very, very little experience with making money on Instagram. I do not consider myself an influencer in any way, shape, or form. But what I have learned is that anytime you post something that you are getting compensated for, you do have to disclose the fact that that's the case. The hashtag ad. You know, the FTC makes you put that disclaimer on any post so that you're not like misleading the public or whatever. I went back through Erica Jane's photos and I did not see any hashtag ads. Maybe the rules are different for like really rich people. Although is she even really rich? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I think what Sutton said 
in one of the episodes of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is what has stuck with me the most when she said, just because you are ignorant to a situation doesn't mean that you're innocent. And I'm paraphrasing, but Sutton did say that uh, in one of the episodes. So it's like, okay, you might not have known step one, two, three, four, five, but you now know the outcome of what's been going on behind closed doors. And the fact that you just go about your life like nothing is wrong. And I I do understand that now we're seeing a little bit of a different picture on the show, which is why, you know, sometimes I do feel conflicted. You know, I watch her on the show and she's having these, these nervous breakdowns, which I mean, what if we all, oh my goodness, I feel like I wouldn't even be able to leave the house. So the fact that she's still filming the show, she probably needs the money. Let's just be real. But also, she doesn't show that side to her on Twitter and on Instagram. And who would, right? Like, who would post a, a selfie of, of them crying their eyes out, having a mental breakdown? But I think that there's a way to go about it that makes you seem less out of touch with reality. It's like our king, PK, Paul Kemsley, and who would have ever thunk in a million years that PK would have been the voice of reason? I think he really got it right with this one when he said that her social media use is ruining her reputation and it's not a good look. Now here on Morgan P Talks, we stand PK. And if you don't, you know, PK is a fan of Morgan P Talks Instagram page a long time ago, back in December, I want to say, remember their family photos that came out when they were just looking unbelievable to in that red dress PK standing behind her. I forget what he was wearing, but my God, did he look stunning. For a second, I'm like, am I attracted to PK? The same PK? That was a horrible to accent. PK, the same PK that we've seen, baby, on our televisions. Okay, I'm sorry. My British boyfriend has been here for two days, so it is rubbing off on me a little bit. Um, anyways, PK's a fan of Morgan Petox. He sent me a video because I put that out there. Am I suddenly attracted to PK after all these years? No, there's no way. I sent it to him. He loved it. He sent me a video back. It's on my TikTok. It's on my Instagram. I'll try to pull it up and find it and post it on my stories today so you guys can see it. But he was like, Morgan Keep doing what you're doing. You're very funny. Not as funny as me. Listen to that. It's horrible. I will never do that again on this podcast. That's a lie. I will do it. Anyways, let's move on to the second part of your question. Amanda, the four-part Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. I'm pissed off that this thing is four parts. Four parts. I, I say that I don't want to dedicate four weeks of my life to a reunion knowing good and well that I will I will do it and I'll probably watch each episode twice. And that's why I'm mad because I'm that invested and they know that they can get me to watch four weeks worth of a reunion. I'm not happy about it. I'm actually mad because you know one whole episode will be devoted to Sutton and Crystal's feud about the ugly leather pants and about walking in. Oh my gosh, that was this season. Doesn't that feel like so long ago? The same with 
Dorit and Garcelle's feud. I feel like that one will be a little bit better because it's closer to the end of the season. It's fresh on everybody's brain. But I do not want to hash through ugly leather pants. I just have no interest in it. So when Andy went on Jimmy Fallon and announced that this was going to be a four-part reunion, Erica Jane tweeted. She quote tweeted the video of Andy saying it was four parts. And she said, now what would make it four parts? Question mark. Me. Period. Congratulations, Erica. What an accomplishment for you, sis. What an accomplishment. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Four gold stars? I'm trying to think. Four uh, Lisa Rinna lip plumpers? Like, like. Are, are we supposed to be happy that that your situation, your issues, your husband's legal woes are going to make this a four-part reunion? I'm just confused. And that's what I mean by, by the way she acts is just so odd. Like, oh, here we go. Here goes the four-part reunion where we're going to talk about orphans, widows, mistresses, Alzheimer's, dementia. Who's ready to go. Like, that's what I feel like Erica is doing by tweeting that. And also, you have to think, like, how honest are they really going to be? Andy went on his radio show and said that Erica answers every question, everything that I just mentioned, from the embezzlement to Tom allegedly having dementia to the allegations about Tom's mistresses. And at first, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Andy Cohen has to say that. But Garcelle seemed to echo those thoughts when she was asked. And I trust Garcelle. Like, with my with my life, I trust that woman. And I don't know why. She just, to me, I just, Garcelle, if you're listening, I would give you a kidney. That's how much I love you. Speaking of Garcelle, I want to revisit her conversation with Erica Jane about Tom's alleged cheating. Because Erica's all mad on the show that Sutton called her a liar. <gasps> How dare you call Erica a liar after she lied? The audacity of you small-minded Sutton Strack. And where's the justice police Lisa Renna? I mean, she's blowing her whistle at everybody else. But when it comes to Erica, oh no. Oh, no, we caught you in a lie, Erica, but Justice Police Lisa Renna wants nothing to do with it. Those big lips are zipped shut on that one. Garcelle asks her point blank, was it another woman? Erica says, not that I know of. And two weeks later, she's like, oh, yeah, he's been cheating on me for years. Years! I found the text messages on his flip phone. You know what that's called, my people? A lie. That's called a lie. Another lie with the car accident. You know, allegedly Tom broke his ankle. Never any mention of him having a brain injury until now. Here's a lesson for you guys. Let's learn something on Morgan's Pop Talks today. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this phrase called lying by omission. But according to the Googs, that's the Google machine, lying by omission, quote, occurs. When an important fact is left out in order to foster a misconception. Oh, girl. Let me say it again. Lying by omission occurs when an important fact, I don't know, a traumatic brain injury, 
is left out in order to foster a misconception. Speaking of that car accident, did you see Dr. Tiffany Moon's TikTok calling Erica out? Oh my gosh, Tiff was a Real Housewives of Dallas, a Dallas girl, RIP to the Real Housewives of Dallas. In the dinner scene, Erica didn't want Tom to have surgery on his ankle to pin it after the car accident because she didn't want him to undergo anesthesia. That's how she says it, anesthesia. Because according to Erica, after you have a traumatic brain injury, you shouldn't go under anesthesia. Dr. Tiffany Moon was like, nah, girl, girl, that ain't it. I quoted this. So this is exactly what Dr. Tiffany Moon says. That is not the truth. Dr. Moon works in a level one trauma hospital. She says she takes care of patients with traumatic brain injuries all the time who then need surgery for some other problem, whatever it may be. She says it does complicate anesthetic management. But having a TBI does not preclude you from undergoing anesthesia. Dr. Tiffany freaking Moon, she wraps it up by saying, Erica, I don't know where you got your medical advice from, but next time, feel free to call me if you need a second opinion. Oh, (laughs) it's so good. I'm pissed that Dallas is going away just because I love Tiffany. I hated the Real Housewives of Dallas. I thought it was so boring. But Dr. Tiffany Moon, she was it. So to wrap this deep dive up, what do I think about Erica Jane? In my heart of hearts, in my soul, I don't know what she knew or what she did not know. But I think that Erica Jane is a liar. And if she hears this, she's going to be coming for me. That's how she would say it. I pointed at the microphone just like she pointed at Sun. I'm coming for you. She's coming for me if she hears this. Not only do I think she's a liar, I think she's a pathological liar. Because it just doesn't make any sense. How can you say one week to Garcelle that you don't know, that there's no mistresses that you know of, but then two weeks later at a dinner conversation, you know, it's been years, and you found it on his 2011 Nokia. It just doesn't make any sense. So we know that she has lied, but to the extent what has she lied about? TBD. I'm just glad that I am not rich enough to be running around in her inner circle. That does it for today's deep dive on Erica Jane. All of my thoughts. I feel lighter. Don't you feel lighter? Like I said before, if you want me to answer your burning question about whatever it may be, I always take submissions up on my Instagram at Morgan P. Talks. So to end today's show, I told you the last segment, I'm always going to do a little bit of a surprise. I want to switch it up because I don't want things to be so structured. We got to have some spontaneity on the pod. I want to talk about Vanderpump Rules because the season premiere was this week. So we are going to review Vanderpump Rules. I give it four out of seven pumptinis. That's how I'm going to rate this. I always rate things out of seven. I'm not entirely sure why, but I wrote down a four out of seven pumptinis for the season premiere of Vanderpump Rules. It's been a long time since we have seen the pumpers back on our TV. Uh, The cast this year, Tom and Ariana, Katie and Schwartz, Raquel and James, Lala, Sheena and Brock, Charlie, and of course, Lisa Vanderpump. 
I was not overly impressed. I didn't have high hopes, but, you know, I did keep some faith alive because Vanderpump Rules really got me into Bravo. Like, that was my first Bravo love. Uh, the best part of the episode was the salad fight between DJ James Kennedy and Lisa's son, Max. And it's like, when a fight about a salad is the best part of the episode, that's that's kind of saying something. You know, Lala and Sheena fought about not being good friends. Lala and Ariana fought about not being good friends. I never thought I would be the person who said, I miss the former castmates. I'm I'm being 100% honest with you. I truly believe that I those words would never come out of my mouth because... I, like, don't get too, too attached, and I'm like, I don't care. It'll be fine. Life goes on. The show will go on. But I did. I missed them, and I was not expecting to. I found myself watching the season premiere thinking, what would Stassi do? Or what would Jax do? I got to be – I'll be real. I didn't miss Brittany all that much. I didn't miss Kristen all that much. I missed Bo. I love Bo. He was such a good addition. But, you know, the premiere did have its moments, and I'm still invested because, like I said, I've watched this show since day one. But I actually think that's the problem, is that I have watched this show since day one. A lot of us have. And it's no longer Vanderpump Rules. It's no longer struggling waiters and waitresses, bartenders working in a restaurant. You know, it's no longer this group of friends that are all intertwined in their love triangles and squares and hexagons and however many people they're all hooking up with. So why are we still trying to pretend like their world revolves around A, Sir, and B, Lisa Vanderpump? And that's the problem. That right there, I think, is the problem with Vanderpump Rules is that Lisa Vanderpump does not want to let it go, and I think it's time to let it go. Now, I'm not saying that it needs to be canceled because I love the cast. I'm just – it needs to be rebranded. They should have done – I mean, they had two options for a spinoff. They clearly could have done a Tom Tom spinoff where Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval kind of mimic – Lisa and Sir, but even with that, you could have Ariana and Katie there as well, kind of as the head of the restaurant, and then follow their staff who are, you know, working in the restaurant industry. You also could have had the baby spin off. It is interesting to see Lala and Sheena with their babies, and I do think it would have been interesting to see those guys, Jackson, Brittany. And Stassi and Bo with their babies because that's like a new chapter. But it's not the same chapter as Vanderpump Rules. And I think that Lisa still wants to have her name in flashing lights, still wants it to be known as her show. And I think that it's actually really starting to bite them in the butt. We saw it last season. So, you know, I'll stay optimistic about this season but but those are just my thoughts about what they should do moving forward. Behind the scenes, there was some Instagram drama this week between Ariana and Lala. Lala posted a photo of herself, Kristen, um, Stassi, and I'm bl- oh, and Katie. And Ariana commented something on it, and I I don't have the photo with me, um, so I'm paraphrasing, but said something like, you know, I love all of these people. 
But why post this on our premiere night? It seems like you're living in the past. You know, something like that. And Lala's caption was like, I had to with a heart. I really see both sides of this. Because what is the point of posting that photo on premiere night other than to make it about the people who were fired? Which it's like, if you're a current cast member, shouldn't you be focusing on promoting this new season, getting people excited about what's to come other than kind of, you know, digging up all these feelings about, oh, well, these people aren't going to be here this year. And I still love them and I wish that they were here. And there's plenty of people that feel like that. I, I just do agree with Ariana in that sense that it takes away from what they're trying to do now. On the other hand, I think it's also a little extra for Ariana, but maybe she was just mad that she wasn't in the photo. But neither was Gina. And those are the two girls that Lala had issues with in the premiere. So maybe they're still beefing. Maybe there's like some subliminal messages in there. I mean, the post and the comment have all since been deleted. And Lala posted something on Instagram because uh, somebody asked her, why did you delete it? And she like rolled her eyes and said, you know, Ariana got mad, something like that. So there's your Vanderpump Rules drama for the week. Like I said, I'll still watch because I'm invested, but not blown away. Four out of seven pumptinis is my rating. Thank you guys again for tuning in to Morgan's Pop Talks. I know I just did a Vanderpump Rules rating, but please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We started with a number six peak last week. That's unbelievable, first of all. But now let's try to get into the top five because I'm never satisfied. So just click the little five-star button, leave a little review, like Squats for Sangria left a review. First of all, that name is iconic. Good for you. They said, so excited. I rely on Morgan for all the latest pop culture news, especially Bravo. So excited for this. Lil D Turn also wrote a review. I love the names. Try to come up with the most interesting name when you leave a review. Uh, They said, honey, you're going to love this. Been a follower of Morgan on Instagram and TikTok. And now she has a podcast. Mind blown. Listen up. You will not be disappointed. You guys, thanks so much. That is so nice. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget, you can submit your deep dive questions on TikTok or Instagram at Morgan P. Talks, and I could answer your burning question. You can also submit a question via email. Um, just email podcast at thedip.com. That's the dip with two Ps. You can also check out more podcasts by The Dip and connect with TV lovers of all kinds at thedip.com. That's it. Episode two in the books. Come back for the next one, okay? Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the motherfucker kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG.